0: RNZ News at Midday. Kiara, good afternoon. I'm Nicola Wright. Workers at the Kawarau paper mill will be back on at work on Monday after a six-week standoff. Members of the Pulp and Paper Workers Union voted this morning to accept a revised pay offer from the company Essity after several days of facilitated bargaining. Union Secretary Tane Phillips says it's a relief for the 145 workers who'd been locked out of the mill.
1: So this is way better. It keeps up with inflation keeps up with CPI, so we're we're very happy for that. It was very unfortunate that we had to um, fight so hard to get what was a fair and reasonable deal.
0: Tane Phillips says the deal includes a 5% pay increase and a lump sum of $4,000 this year. A new report shows a significant amount of contamination has been released into the environment from the T Y Point aluminium smelter. The Southland Regional Council has released an assessment by environmental consultants of a report commissioned by New Zealand aluminium smelters and other data. Council Chief Executive Wilma Faulkner says the assessment shows numerous ongoing sources of contamination. Our consultants' advice is that over time a significant mass of contamination has been released into the environment.
1: However, there are gaps in the data and we're yet to understand the full extent of the contamination on the site, particularly in relation to the landfill, the SCL pad,
0: and the surrounding environment. Wilma Faulkner says they now have a better sense of the contamination across the whole site. An Auckland bar owner has described how a friend of Ahmed Sam warned him to stay away, saying his friend was planning a lone wolf attack. Eight people were injured by Samsadeen at Countdown in Lynnmore last September before police shot him dead. They'd been following him. Brendan Barry, who runs outside OB in Mount Eden, says Samsedine came to collect his friends, but left after they told him he, quote, couldn't be racist to white people. He says one of those friends later came back and explained.
1: He said, oh, don't mess with him. You know, he wants to do a lone wolf attack. So I was like, like, you know, I need to call the police and do something. And he said, no, 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 he's already been to jail and the police are following him.
0: Brendan Barry says the friend explained Sam wanted to stab women in particular. He says the government wanted to deport him, but other authorities had earlier blocked Sam from leaving the country. Queen Elizabeth's coffin has been brought from Edinburgh to Buckingham Palace, where its arrival was witnessed by King Charles and the rest of the Queen's children and grandchildren. It will remain at the palace before a procession tomorrow to Westminster Hall, where the late Queen will lie in state. Here's the BBC's Johnny Diamond. A huge RAF C-17 carried the Queen on her final flight out of the blue skies of the Scottish capital and into the low grey drizzle of West London. A bearer party brought her coffin to the state hearse. Much of the route was lined with onlookers. As the cars turned into the space in front of Buckingham Palace, a long line of policemen and women bowed their heads. Then the great gates opened, the convoy drove in, and the Queen returned for the last time to the palace that was for so long her home. And in London, hotels are raising their prices because of an unprecedented demand for accommodation. Millions of people are expected to arrive over the next few days to line the streets for the Queen's funeral. Here's our correspondent Trent Murray. People
1: wanting to travel to London to say goodbye to the Queen are being warned they will need to pay up as accommodation rates surge ahead of the funeral on Monday. Some hotels close to Westminster have raised their prices by more than 300%, with travel experts saying demand for hotel rooms is the highest London has seen since the 2012 Olympics. One of the closest hotels to Westminster Abbey is the Park Plaza County Hall. On the Sunday night before the funeral, their cheapest room is £1,299. Seven days later, that same room, just £269.
0: Accounts are emerging in Ukraine of Russian brutality in towns and villages recently liberated by Ukrainian forces in the northeast of the country. Locals in one town have told of hearing screaming from a police station used by Russian forces as a base. One man told the BBC he'd been tortured with electricity. Another, Nikolai described his experience.
1: What do you think it's like living under occupation? We were scared of everything. We didn't leave the cellar. When it was quiet, we'd crawl out to eat and go to a toilet. We lived in fear because the Russian soldiers were
0: putting bags over people's heads and taking them away to torture them. Meanwhile, the Ukrainian offensive continues. Footage being posted shows troops raising flags over recently liberated villages. A former president of the Reo Māori Society is remembering all the mahi the group did half a century ago to help revitalise Te Māori, it's 50 years today since the Māori language petition, filled with 33,000 signatures calling for its active recognition, was delivered to Parliament. Thomas Rangihuna says the Reo Māori Society and Ngā Tamatoa were the ones who carried the Argo for the language.
1: We fought for the reo to be on radio, on television, in schools. I myself, when I joined the Reo Māori Society... We went to schools and actively portrayed Māori culture, tikanga, kawa, real everything.
0: An event is underway at Parliament to recognise those who worked hard on the petition. It's almost six minutes past twelve. Hawke's Bay leaders are demanding an urgent meeting with government ministers over funding for waka Tahi. They believe the agency's hurting the region's economy because it's lowering speed limits across the region rather than spending more on road maintenance. Hawke's Bay Regional Transport Committee Chairman Martin Williams says he's asking ministers for a radical reset of how they fund Waka Kotahi.
1: This isn't just a beat up on Kotahi. I mean, they are somewhat the fall guy here. Um, they are operating within funding constraints and trying to keep our roads safe, uh, which is why we've directed this at the next level uh, at central government itself.
0: The speed limit on the highway from Napier to Taupo has already been lowered and speed reviews are set for the region's other highways. An Auckland mother says she was deeply hurt to see a racist slur written over the campaign billboard of a Chinese New Zealander local government candidate in Glenfield. The billboards of six Asian candidates in Auckland have been hit by racist vandalism. Sally Chen says she feels as if the wider community is being attacked.
1: I was really angry and I've feel quite sick because I was actually sending my um, kids to school and to kindy and I kind of being very angry and I don't know how to explain to my kids and I was quiet and my kids was extremely quiet at that time.
0: Several of the incidents have been reported to the police. The Human Rights Commission has stepped back from its investigation saying it is now a matter for the police. Drug smuggler Carl Schrobeck will continue his battle against deportation later this month. Shrubeck was liable for deportation for his drug conviction and holding a visa and a false identity, but was instead granted residence by the then Immigration Minister Ian Lees Galloway. After a public outcry and government review, a second deportation notice was issued. The Immigration and Protection Tribunal ruled in June the former world kickboxing champion could legally be deported. Next Monday, the tribunal will hear his humanitarian appeal. Shrobek arrived from the Czech Republic 19 years ago under the name Jan Antalik when he was wanted by Czech police. Auckland's mayoral candidates have discussed traffic congestion, housing, rates and crime in an RNZ debate today. Crystal Gibbons reports. On traffic congestion, F. Fessel Collins wants free buses
1: while Wayne Brown wants a tech solution to free up the roads. When you turn left and there's nobody crossing, you wait even if there's nobody crossing because there's not a camera telling us to do that. There's, um, the buses don't have transponders that tell us that the lights that there's a bus coming. Viv Beck is concerned by the level of crime in Auckland and says the mayor needs to stand up for the city and the policing
0: and resources it needs. We do need better management of emergency housing, we need mental health and addiction services, uh, and we also need funding for small businesses.
1: Housing is also an issue. FSL Collins says one way to address the housing shortage would be to look at unoccupied houses. But affordability is also important. When it comes to affordability, I will direct Ekepanuku, which is our regeneration arm, to ensure that there's equitable zoning or inclusionary zoning in all of the developments that we do. But Viv Beck says there is a lack of infrastructure to match housing intensification. Ms Beck and Mr Brown are committed to managing rates tightly, while Mr Collins has committed to a 3.5% increase. That's the news.